The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gashing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. I think I think my favorite part of the process um, might actually be the producing, and it's the least. It's it's the thing I get to do the least. <laughs> um, I've had, I think I've had, I, I I might average one project a year where I actually get to produce produce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can I can see the uh, I can see the appeal to. I enjoy the mixing process that lets me do some producing, but my producing styles very like hands-off-ish fair enough um and i'm i'm not the kind of i'm not a glenn ballard producer that's gonna gonna walk in and tell everybody what to do yeah right mine's just like oh you have this already here how can i enhance it not necessarily like oh let's restructure it and stuff yeah yeah and 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 same here I, i i like to see what the band has going on first yeah. And, uh, I don't think most producers are like that, but a lot will like take apart what is already there to try to make the best song possible, which is fair. Yeah, those people, I envy them for just having that skill. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I necessarily have that kind of skill. Yeah, I, I also don't work on the kind of music that would benefit that kind of approach. That I don't hands-on approach. Yeah, I've I've talked to some bands and musicians in town where they've worked with um, producers in town that really dictate how things are going to go and how things are going to sound. Um, and I mean, they, they don't specifically, by the sounds of it, they don't specifically, um, they don't specifically change the band, Right. Yeah. No, and and they don't you they shouldn't. don't they don't specifically rewrite the song. Well, some I mean, oh, I know they're, they're, some will, but like sometimes that, it that's needs a guaranteed to, way to like not get repeat clients. But, but sometimes it needs to happen, right? Like there, there's been lots of bands that I've worked with, just as the engineer, where I felt this band needs a little bit of a restructure and they need someone to come in and actually tell them what they should be doing. Um, uh, the um, uh, the something mechanical guys, mm-hmm. they're one of the bands I've worked with the most. So I have, I have a lot of stories with them. And, um, when we did, I did a, I did a record with those guys when they had, um, or when they were called something else. And it was, it was really just a fun record. You know, there were, there was no specific intentions for it to do anything, but mm-hmm. then it did stuff, <laughs> you know, it got noticed. It's, it sold pretty good. Um, and so they decided to take it more seriously, a band name changed because the band, the name they were using was very overused. Hmm. Um, 
but they fired the drummer uh, right before the right before the recording because excuse me he he wasn't willing to change to do better things or to to be more creative he was locked in that kind of ACDC mindset and okay. and and so we brought in we brought in um Jeff Hicks yep. as a session drummer. Because you always bring him in when you need a drummer. <laughs> he's uh <laughs> he's cheap and he's really fucking good. <laughs> oh, I, I I know why you do it. I'm just <laughs> Well, yeah. There's there's not been a lot of session guys that I've hired um beyond Jeff. Um big part is like he can play just about anything we need. Mm-hmm. Like just about anything we need and he can play it better than we could think it we could think about it and he'll do the simple 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 thing without complaining and he'll focus on being on time you know yeah that's a that's a big part of it um if uh well that's what a session player has to be exactly right yeah so um Oh, someone just came in. I imagine that's Roland. Roland. Yeah. Um, anyway, so so Jeff comes in, and these guys in something mechanical they see what a professional musician is like, the work that he puts in, the um, the the obvious amount of practice that he's put in over the years to be better and better. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it was just, it was just mind opening to them. Um, and, and it, it, it made that record better because at least one of the guys in the band, um, was, was suddenly renewed with all of this motivation to be so much better than he's ever been before. Mm-hmm. And, and through that, through that, we had lots of conversations about, about, uh, rewriting song parts and, and having different, different people play different parts, um, and making decisions based on what's, what is best for the outcome rather than what's best for the ego. And it, it led to the follow-up, the follow-up record. Um, I worked, I worked so closely with the band on all the songs that I think they turned out, they turned out way better than they could have. Um, because we'd taken the time to rewrite parts, to rearrange parts, to move stuff around. Um, and, uh, it, it paid dividends that, that record got played Brazil, the UK, handful down in the states got a little australia play um uh, i'm sorry that <laughs> you're sorry that my my uh <laughs> my shock mounts are so shitty <laughs> oh just uh, i elbowed the table which led to the microphone swinging like that <laughs> <laughs> that was funny i wonder how that sounds just Doppler effect, probably. I could, I, well, I, I wasn't talking. I wasn't talking while it happened, but <laughs> I could hear the squeaking. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I think I think there's there's a lot of merit to having a producer that um, 
is willing to call the band on the stuff that that needs to be needs to be addressed does it need to be rewritten is a part um not not working properly or or is something too boring how many how many artists have you worked with i know i've worked with a whole bunch where they don't actually even have a chorus in the song they, oh. they have a pre-chorus and i work with the weirdo guys who do odd time signatures <laughs> that's true they're prone to not having choruses <laughs> that's entirely fair despite the fact that they should maybe have some sort of catchy part in the song i did i will make that argument but (laughs) i did a record um an ep for a band uh i don't know five years ago now out of toronto where they were kind of half based out of toronto half based out of out of edmonton Mm -hmm. and um and three of the five songs didn't really have a chorus you know, they were kind of going for that radio rock thing. Um, but they but didn't, if you're going for radio rock, you need a chorus. You need a chorus. But I wasn't producing. I was just engineering. And so, you know, I, I'd make a make a comment like, you know, this doesn't really, it doesn't really pop like you would want a chorus. Um, is there, you know, what can we do to make it pop? Um, but I wasn't my place to push. Um, yeah, you're you just know. the engineer, so. Yeah, and I mean, it, it turned out okay. Um, we ended up not having it mastered. Um, the band had a whole bunch of financial issues by the end, and uh. and uh, um, the singer went to jail. <laughs> and uh, so we never ended up getting it mastered. But okay. Um, back to what you were saying at the beginning, where I just hijacked with story after story after story. <laughs> Um, <laughs> as you do, <laughs> I know, I know I'm working on it. I'm 130. Today is the 131st episode and you still don't have a short I, I shortage of stories. Well, I, I think I've, I, I think all the stories I've told so far today are rehashed stories. It's possible at about the three year mark. And we've been doing this for three years now. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, I knew it Sunday, was like just before. Sunday was our anniversary. Like episode this one. past yeah. one? Yeah. So this is this is technically our third year anniversary show. Huh. I did not know that. That's nuts. I just figured that out myself. <laughs> I didn't come into this with the knowledge. <laughs> so three years ago, a rapper made me lose some money. And because I was ranting and raving for hours on end, you recorded it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's that's essentially it. And then I sent it home with you to edit, edit out the best the parts. And it. we still had like I an took hour like and a half a episode. four hour recording and made it into an hour and a half. <laughs> Which is awesome. <laughs> oh, goodness. I, uh, and did I, that for what, like 10 episodes six. before I was just like, no. You, you only did six. It just felt like 10. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, some of those episodes took like a couple of weeks to yeah. find the time to edit them. And because we were recording like th- four hours or three hours at a time, yeah. and I had to edit out all of our silences because we were really bad at talking on the mic back then. Yeah. We'd pause and think. Yeah. Or just, just you know, we'd take a break and go use the washroom and then come back. Yeah. Still recording. Yeah, there's those. But those um, are easy to get rid of. Answered the door, answered the door a couple times. Yeah, phone calls. 
We've come a long way since then, although most although, people would disagree. My favorite episode of when I did edit was the one where I censored mm-hmm. the entire episode. Every, I just wouldn't actually do that. Ever again. Ever again. Yeah, you've done it once. It was fun. And it was also like fun putting like Princess Bride in there and <laughs> yeah. some other samples. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, to make fun of you. <laughs> Which is basically our entire pod our entire podcast. Me making fun of you? Mm, it used to be anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You used to be a lot angrier. So the um the mockery came easier to you. Yeah, but I also used to sleep significantly less. That's true. That's true. My how you've grown. I'd like to think that this podcast has has been a big part of that, but I know it's not. <laughs> that, I don't know. It might have helped with being like a means of venting. That's fair. <laughs> it also helps <laughs> There's that. one of our pauses. <laughs> yeah. It also helps that um, in the three years since like we started the podcast, like my career is actually somewhat being more stable Mm -hmm. well and 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 that was a that was a big part of it because you're coming up on three years with long of equate now right yeah yeah in november yeah and that that was that was a large part of it was uh you got the job and then um not quite a year later we started going regular weekly yeah yeah shit we're almost two years two years weekly yeah imagine that can you believe we've done this almost every week for two years oh yeah well i I mean the whole thing for i'm still surprised no one's shut us down well as long as we don't do an alex jones we won't be shut down (laughs) i don't know if you heard about that i i heard about it yeah he's um i'm surprised someone hasn't shut him down well for that's been the reaction to this a lot of creators is just like i'm surprised it took this long for that guy to be shut down though in the this is one of those this is one of those free speech controversies like he's an there asshole and i don't free speech i don't i don't support anything he does and i hope he, no one ever hears from him again but well, the thing this he is, doesn't understand is hate speech is not protected by free speech by free speech that's right um, and that's the, that's the problem. Like Apple and who was, who was the other one? It was Apple and Spotify, Apple, Facebook, Spotify, Facebook, okay. YouTube, a bunch of them then all of the mainstream. Cool. Um, so, so the reason, the reason I suspect it took this long is because they, they needed to have hugely verifiable evidence and not, not, not that he's not chock full of evidence, but they need to have like ironclad lawsuit proof yeah it was probably a lot to do with their lawyers just making sure that if they do make an argument and try to sue him that they have the means to protect themselves and and he will like he will he's he's financially um he's financially stable enough yeah Uh, and and, and financially backed enough of his uh of his audience Mm -hmm. so he'll find a way to to afford he's being sued right now by a lot of people probably on a regular basis <laughs> well he's being sued by uh parents whose kids died at sandy hook for defamation excellent that's good do you um, need to get that no okay 
Oh. Who, I think he's also being sued by his ex-wife. I know he lost <laughs> custody of his kids and is not allowed to see him. Uh-huh. That's that's rough, but I I am um, based on the type of person his public person is. I support that. Uh, apparently, his private person is just as bad. I I wouldn't be surprised. I gotta be honest. I've never I've never other than little tiny snippets that the news has shown. Um, I've never actually seen or heard any of his hate speech and and i i i, I, I don't have. i don't go looking for it either but i don't go looking for it either but i do like occasionally have things that pop up on my feeds where it's just somebody's talking about him and they show yeah. a clip of him right my most the most recent thing i saw he was saying how obama has 10 people 10 guys a day prostitutes and it's just like I listen to that and go like, if that is true, good on Obama for having that kind of a libido that he right? will take 10 guys in a single day. <laughs> the, the amount of golf that Obama plays, I don't know that how he'd have time. The amount of, he plays less than Trump, though, which is the sad, like Trump made, like uh, talked about Obama playing golf like the one week in like the eight years or whatever. Right. And it's just like, why is he doing that? Not governing the country. And then here's friggin' Trump, and he's like uh, golfing every weekend. Yeah, yeah. But he still makes time for for late night tweets. Oh, I know. Yeah, and destroying his country. Speaking of his country and free press, um, in the name of free press, I've stumbled across, and I'm sure lots of people have seen these and stumbled across them, but you may not have. Um, the, uh, the vault pictures and the home studio pictures from Prince's, uh, complex. Okay. They're pretty cool. I'll give you the highlights and I, but I won't let you, I won't let you see them on, on, on the radio because we've had people complain about that. Okay. <laughs> Which I think is funny, but, um, of course so, you do. That's uh, like your sense of humor. Is... Uh, I know. So, so, um, Prince has, where were they? There's the tech room. There's the oh, there's video storage, the conference room. probably complain about this too, because yeah. it is boring. I know. Um, <laughs> so so Prince's home studio. Yeah. Where he's got his vault and all that kind of stuff. Like that, that huge vault of unreleased tape. Yep. He also has three studios in there. Three. Like... I was I was thinking it might be totally fine that he's got one. No, and, from and stories and I, I heard, and his I could, entire house was wired to record at any given time. Absolutely right. Um, studio Studio B makes sense if he's got you know, two different in. projects going on. Oh, maybe or 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 he's he's um, you know he's recording this thing in Studio A and he needs something else for you know and he, might have he works three. he works on such a fast. Yeah, he he's on, on, on right. He, he's so quick at working on things. He probably was working on three songs at any given time. But then and he's also he's working on tape and analog. That would that would make sense to have three, yeah, three rooms to do that. So Studio A um, has an SSL eight thousand, okay, uh, the G console, um, seventy two mono and eight stereo inputs. Installed I don't in '93. Know why I would ever need that many. Yeah, 
Yeah. The, that's one of those consoles where it's $4,000 a month in electricity. Yeah. So then he's also got Studio B, which looks more like I would expect a, you know, a small studio to look like. It's still a nice place. Um, and then uh, Studio C, Studio C is, uh, uh, has a Soundcraft console. Oh, and was mainly the band rehearsal room. There you go. Okay. Yeah. But uh, that that actually makes sense. Is like you have your band rehearsal space, and then you have your two writing rooms, probably. Yeah. The SSL room was probably to f- like flesh out the demos and make them more right. Like work on the stuff that he's actually thinking of releasing. Whereas like Studio B, I'd imagine that's his songwriting room. Um, it's still, even though he probably song wrote in every room in his house. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't imagine he'd, he'd stick to any, any one. Um, uh, anyway, so I, I saw that and that was, it was super cool. Maybe I should just send you the link, but, um, I'll look at it, but the, the, the tape room, the tape room and the, uh, the tech room, he's got a tech room that rivals a lot of radio stations in town. Huh? Yeah, like just mountains of old gear. I mean, I'm not surprised. It's Prince, and yeah. he's apparently a person where if you tell him you can't get him something, he just doesn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> or at least that's the rumor around that guy. Is like, I want a giraffe. Well, it's three in the morning, Prince. Can it wait? No, I want a giraffe right now. <laughs> that would be really funny. Well, um, apparently, like that. That's like the mindset he had. Is like if his handlers told him like. I don't think we can get that for you right now. Right. He would just be like, I don't understand. Like, why can't you just get me the thing I want? <laughs> okay. Wh- I, which, I mean, if you have that kind of money. Right. Probably yeah. used to being treated a certain way. I could see developing that mindset. Um, okay. So I just sent you the next one that I want you to see. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I want you to see this one specifically because of... It's affordability. I think it's going to be gone, but before you and I could put together the money to go buy it. Um, but it's Timberlands Virginia Complex. Oh, I've seen that. Have you seen that? Yeah. Um, did I you, saw did that you... uh, last week sometime. Yeah, late last and, week or and something. I was showing Mary it, and she's going, oh, that's nice. And Did you see the price? No. What is the price? The price... Um, the, the value of all that stuff, according to certain sources I've seen should be something like, like 1.9 to 2.6 million. Okay. Um, he's selling in us dollars. Mm-hmm. He's selling the whole thing for 900,000 us. I'd imagine cause the Florida is not doing well. <laughs> this isn't, of... this isn't the Florida studio. This is the. Isn't it in Florida? This is the Virginia. Oh, is it? I thought it was. Uh, I thought he was keeping his Virginia, his Florida one, and this is the one that was in Virginia. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Virginia Beach. Oh, Virginia Beach. Okay, that is in. Uh, oh no, Virginia Beach in Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, see, that's the thing is he's he's been at uh, he's been living at and using the Florida studio for about a decade, which is why he's finally selling this one. I mean, it surprises me that he took this long to sell it. Yeah, and he's probably I, just selling it for cheap because he just doesn't want to deal with it anymore. That's very possible. 
Um, I, I would live here. <laughs> the, the kitchen looks amazing. So much light. Um, it's got a Neve console. Um, that's nice. Lots of toys. Yeah. Big, big, big. His live room is bigger than our entire studio downstairs. I believe it. Which just awesome. Sexy. <laughs> uh, but but at 900,000 900,000 that's like 1.3 Canadian we could we could part it out we, for profit <laughs> I know I know I, I, well, I mean between the two of us I don't think we can raise $900,000 in the time fair. frame that somebody else can raise that's very fair $900,000 <laughs> yeah uh, again, it's got three studios though, right? Yeah. It's, it's got a studio with a Neve. It's got a studio with uh, an SSL and then, uh, but we'd have to go down there, gather all that stuff, find buyers for that stuff. I know. Where would we just go down there and work? We'd need visas. <laughs> and do you really want to live in the States right now? <laughs> maybe when the next president comes in maybe but yeah yeah maybe it really depends on the political nature of that country in a few years time yeah things can calm down and it'd be less crazy i i would maybe consider going down there but in its current i won't even go down there to visit that's fair do you still have family down there? No. Hmm. No, my dad's in Westlock. Huh. It's a or small Westasquin. Westasquin. Whatever. Westasquin. Westasquin. <laughs> I think Westasquin. it's Westlock, though. Okay. He doesn't like cities. Yeah. Westlock is closer to Edmonton. Yeah. I, well, I know he's like an hour or two out of the city or something. That could be Wayne. Um, uh... Wetaskwin? Okay. Wait. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, I know he has a shop somewhere. Oh, cool. Okay. That could be anywhere. It can. It can be anywhere. Starts with a W. That's all I know. <laughs> all right. Um, if I cared enough, I'd just check my messages. Right. I probably have a text message or an email or something. But it would take too much time. <laughs> so I started... Um, Last week I started, and I'm 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 already a couple of weeks behind. Yeah, um, I started the uh, Ian Shepherd's uh, Mastering Masterclass. Oh yeah, um, I've I, I, I've been wanting to take it forever, just to kind of confirm what I'm doing is the right, the right way to do things. Oh yeah, uh, and the thing I the thing I like about it the most so far is, like I said, I'm only I'm only on week one, um, but he's specifically putting you through. Um, uh, some listening exercises, not just here's how to master, but specifically putting you through some listening exercises so that you can start. So he's actually properly listen or properly teaching. Yeah. With the, with it in mind that, that, you know, you need to be sensitive to all these subtle little differences, all these subtle little cues, mm -hmm. um, before you can really do anything. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, he's already on week three. I'm only on week one, but um, it's all right. I have lots to do. Yeah. 
you have a business to yeah to do <laughs> i wasn't the people who could keep up with him are probably people who aren't really making a living yeah i did a lot more home studio guys and i mean that's that's what um that's what the course is 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 focused on it's you know it's it's effective mastering um in a home studio environment right yeah you know and we're certainly not a big studio so it um it can certainly apply so learn anything on your week one I learned after watching the video um, that uh, that he runs. Is that right? After watching the video that he um, that he ran, um, I learned that I'm not that far off um, mastering wise, but his ears are clearly better. Well, he just does mastering, so yeah, yeah, for sure, right? Um, but the other thing, the other thing that stood out to me was I started, one of the listening exercises was to put together, um, some of your reference tracks mm-hmm. and listen to the differences between reference tracks. And so I went to Spotify and I found my reference tracks and I recorded them into Pro Tools and I actually had to pull one of them off, uh, pull one of them out of the list because it was at least for this exercise because it was too dramatically different from the others. Hmm. And it was, so I had, I had a song from 2009, a song from 2011. So both squashed to the nuts. Yeah. But both sounded good. Yeah. Um, and then I had a song from 94 or 93 and it was so loud in comparison. <laughs> now, of course it's a Spotify, right? And they've, yeah. they've theoretically volume matched comparatively it was so loud to the others okay yeah not, not squashed at all it was wide open lots of have you used his uh perception no loudness penalty website mm. i've um i've been on it a couple times uh but i've never i've i've used it yeah and it was interesting because mm. like i just did a master how i i've always done a master right um and then i use that website it was interesting to see that i'm actually on mark with pretty much what i should be uh, i was getting cool. like okay. negative ones across the board yeah. essentially which i'm okay with negative one <laughs> yeah absolutely i think i think even um even ian and some of his um well, in his podcast, he says, like, if you get, like, negative ones across the board, chances are you don't need to change anything in your master. Yeah. If, if the client signs off on it, then great. If the client says they want it even louder, you can utilize that and be like, here, this is what my master is at already and what these different platforms yeah. are going to do to it. Right. And it's just like, these platforms are already turning down my master. If I make it louder... They're going to turn it down even more. That's right. Um, that, uh, do you remember me complaining? Cause that's all I actually do. I complain and I tell bad stories. That's what audio engineers do is complain and tell bad stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you remember last, last week I was talking about that, that, um, that mastering project that I was doing, um, where I just, I, I just couldn't seem to make the client happy. Yeah. So, <clears throat> he heard the podcast, got angry. <laughs> I wish you. Uh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, no. There, 
they're coming back to do more recording tonight, tomorrow, and uh, Thursday. Yeah. Um, why don't you just fire them, or they? You need their money. Uh, well, I mean, it's small business, man. It's hard to say no to money. Yeah. They're aside from being, aside from not understanding the purpose of what I was doing, they're pretty good clients. I mean, as much as they can be frustrating, you know, they are, they're reliable, they pay, they never complain about, about um, the money side of things. They're happy with the work that I do. They're happy to keep coming back. You know, you have to overlook some of the things that, okay, right. Anyway, so I'm overlooking it. That being said, um, by the time we got to revision six, yes, revision six on the master. That's too many. We ended up needing to do a seven, but it was more of just a track order thing. Right. Um, and he changed his mind about asking for more changes. Um, so uh, one of the things he kept coming back to me for was um, not enough bass. Yeah, I remember. And the, the high end. There was a. Yeah, there was a. Because of how cranked his EQ yeah. was on his. Uh, yeah, um, he was getting sibilance, excessive sibilance, and not even excessive. Just it was, it was there. there yeah. Um, on um, on like three tracks. Did you explain to him that if you do it, more? It's sibilance uh it didn't it control did. it's going to sound like the person has a lisp well so so that's that that's what ended up happening is i i finally got it on got it in control to what made him happy and his re, his reply was that's great that's great that sounds the way i want it to sound now everything is muffled can you fix that i'm like fuck dude i can't change everything at this stage of the game if you want to go back and and have us remix things, you know we can we can open that up because all the mixes are rushed and compromised, right? Yeah, we can go back and spend more time on mixing. Anyway, so I um, think that would have been my reply. Then he started like we can mix this and yeah. make it sound the way you want it to sound because clearly there's something wrong with the mix that you're not happy with. Yeah. I don't think I would have got to revision six before I had that conversation. I think revision three, I would have been like, okay, I think we need to go back to mixing because you're not happy with the mix. Yeah. Yeah. That's very fair. Um, to which he would have, I'm pretty sure he would have said, no, I've already paid for that. Which my reply would be like, you're clearly not happy with it. So we need to change it. So, so he, he started, he started just at, just, <clears throat> I fixed the muffled thing. Yeah. Um, which added more. It's... No, no, I, I found a way to get rid of that without making it sound muffled. Okay. But, um, um, he then, he then just started asking for everything to be louder. The bass is great, but can you turn everything else up? You know, he started doing that, right? It was, so it was just, it clearly, clearly he, and, and he even completely admitted, completely admitted that he wasn't comparing this to anything except the original mixes, which I slapped a limiter on and turned them up as loud as I could. And that was it, right? 
so he's just comparing them to the mixes now and i've and i've hacked them to death i don't even know if they sound any good mm-hmm. my my revision two sounded great all the low end was un- was under control. Everything was nice and clear. There wasn't an excessive sibilance or treble problem. <laughs> so did you just send him revision two and renamed it revision six? I should have, right? Um, <laughs> That's no, a thing I I've do done that. on occasion. I didn't do that. <laughs> um, what I ended up, what we ended up doing was <clears throat> um, we agreed that we wouldn't ever master any of his stuff anymore. Like the, once the mix is done, the mix is done. Yeah. Um, doesn't like from what you described, it doesn't sound like he needs to go to mastering anyway. Yeah. I, and, and in the grand scheme of things, it probably would have been the right choice, but it is what it is. Yeah. So now we're at, um, now we're at a point where, ah, shit, where was I going with this? I was going somewhere with this. Um, well, just your weekly adventures with this project, right? Yes. So. I should have made some notes instead of relying on my weak ass memory, my feeble old man brain. <laughs> um, okay. So, so, uh, he is asking for more volume and mm-hmm. I, um, on the Luffs scale, I'm hitting minus eight. So you're already loud, really, really loud. And I'm, and I'm having a problem turning it up any louder without, without distorting, without the low end distorting like mad. And so I turn the low end down a little bit, knowing that he's asking me to turn everything up anyway. So I turn the low end down a little bit and that helps a tiny little bit. But then I start thinking, well, why am I having so much problem turning this up? What is my actual, cause I'm, I'm still getting to know the Luffs and the Luffs is kind of a relative um, measurement rather than an absolute voltage memor- uh, measurement, right? Yeah. So I switch but back. Excessive low end will make a LUFS meter kind of go weird. Except, well, and and and, and that's that w- that's the problem that I ended up running into. I switched back to an RMS, a peak RMS meter. Yeah. And I was I was hitting minus three and a half Ooh. RMS. That's why I was getting so much fucking distortion. Yeah. And he was still asking me to turn it up louder. How about you turn up your car stereo? Well, so he, he was complaining. This is his complaint is that he would, he would go listen to something else and it would sound louder. I'm like, are you sure? Cause I don't think that's true. So yeah. he comes back to me a day later and he says, you know what? No, it, it's, everything's fine. I switched over to the radio and we were right there. We were right there, buddy. We got it. We, it, it, it sounds great. It's, and I'm like, if you're comparing it to the radio and it sounds fine, then like the radio sounds like ass. Well, that's because the Fuck. radio like slams their shit through a compressor that distorts the hell out of it. Oh God, I hate it. I hate it. Um, so as long as you're distorting the shit out of it. Yeah. Well, and he's and, happy. And that turned out to be fine. Like I, 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 um, I added a little more gain on the on the base you know how i also i also decided i didn't really care about this next thing because i was i was six revisions in on a mastering job you just want to get it done it takes every revision takes about an hour and a half right you're doing all the songs at once with the revisions or yeah well because because he he's not giving me any notes per song he's giving me just global notes okay right so so I have to do 
a complete yeah. right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I think my solution for that would have been just, just do one song and find where he wants everything. The the problem with the one song. The problem is um, there's no consistency to the beats because he stole them all from YouTube from random different places. Yeah. So there's no consistency to the beats. So whatever I do to one song doesn't really matter in another song. Um, it, it it's it's basically like putting together a compilation record. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would probably still approach it that way, just so that I'm not wasting my time doing several songs. I would just I was, work I, on the one song, find approximately where he wants in terms of volume, because yeah. I think that's probably where majority where, is. Where I had it in, in vision, I couldn't hear anything that he was hearing. All the problems that he was claiming, I couldn't hear them. I had... I have high endy headphones. I, I tried little, little earbuds. I tried, um, I tried the little out of phase trick where I lose all the low end of the monitors. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't find anything that, um, that was even close to what he wanted. So I wasn't doing anything on a song by song basis. I just slapped, I slapped a, a DSer and an EQ on the master bus mm -hmm. on the master output. And I just, I was doing all of these revisions that way. Okay. Um, yeah. So it, it was just, it was, uh, it was terrible, but I, you know how you and I both, we, we both pad our output by like a decibel or half a decibel or sometimes three decibels down from zero. Yeah. Right. But I do that because of true peaks. Right. Um, and I decided, you know what? I, he, he wants volume. He clearly doesn't care about distortion. I lost it. I just, just went zero. Just went to zero. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I use, I use a true peak, um, uh, limiter limiter anyway. So, so it's not, it's not a terrible thing. Yeah, some but, will still slip past though. Oh yeah. But again, but he, I, he I wouldn't hear him. Well, he, he won't hear him. He, he clearly doesn't care about the distortion anyway. Yep. So it's not, uh, it's not the end of the world. Yep. And done. Yeah. So that was the, that was the end of it. Yeah. So that's He's, your story of this week with this project. Yeah. I don't know. So if are you done mastering that project? Done mastering that project. I won't be mastering anything for him again. Um, because we've agreed that mastering's a waste of time. He doesn't see the value in it. Uh, well, from what you told me of this project, he doesn't need mastering. Yeah. None of these things are going out into the general public. Well, and, and, nor and, can they, and, and they can't. And he, um, he actually talked to a handful of, um, of CD print shops and all of them said no, because he doesn't, he can't prove that he has the license for the songs, um, yeah. for, for any of the, any of the instrumentals. Yeah. Um, so he found a, he found a guy in a, in a basement, Who's willing that's to got do a it. machine? Yeah, but then the guy, you're gonna love this. The guy says, "I need a professional, um, high quality CDR to make copies from. I can't. You can't just give, bring me a dollar store CDR um, and 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 expect reliable copies. I need a professional one. Go to Shoppers Drug Mart. <laughs> Buy your CDR there." <laughs> <laughs> the confused look on your face is priceless. <laughs> I fucking hate stupid people. Oh man. And I mean, 
I don't blame my clients at all because they don't know. They're 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 trusting well, the professionals. Yeah, they're trusting right. the person that they're hiring to tell them the truth, and it just sounds like they hire like obviously because they couldn't go to an actual professional print shop. Right. They they had to rely on this guy in his basement. Yeah. Who's telling them one thing when, like, and then t- with them him telling them this one thing. He's also. Ah, fuck. Fucking stupid. <laughs> People are yeah. stupid. Yeah. So, so I, I, um, I said to the guys, like this, the, the thing you're buying at shoppers is no better than the thing you're buying at the dollar store. It just really isn't unless you're spending in the 10 to $15 per disc range. You're not, you're, you're not getting that higher quality yeah. uh, composition. And so, yeah. And, and the only reason this guy offered to make, this guy offered to make them one, but was going to charge them 30 bucks to make them one, <laughs> which is fair because the whole fucking disc took, took 45 minutes to burn. But anyway, they, they came to me and the very last thing I did for them for that particular thing was I burnt them a master copy using of the songs of the songs using a super slow process and verification and blah 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 to make sure did you do it like the proper high, high quality way and be like real time burn uh yeah it was the the slowest the slowest my burner will go is four times oh it won't do one time won't do one time no no it's 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 it's, it's the standard one that comes in the apple, the apple okay. computers so they're not they're not um they're not spectacular yeah whatever yeah Four times is still pretty slow. Yeah, yeah. It's it, uh, four times is faster than the um, the the bounce directly. Out and of do the you thing. really want to be there for like fucking seventy eight minutes? No, no. Burning a CD. What I what I what I experimented with is these guys were they were supposed to show up. Um, this was last week again, right? They were supposed to show up at five, yeah, or very close after five, yeah, and they didn't. Okay. Um, I have a client at six. And I, and I've told them this, like, you guys need to be gone by six and this could take a while. So I need to show up at five. So they show up at 20 to six and I take the disc from them and I say, listen, guys, you, you can't stick around. If, um, if we get, I'm going to start with this guy at six o'clock because that's when he shows up. And if your disc isn't done too bad, so you guys can might as well just like I'll call you when we're done for the night and you can come by then and pick it up. So I started the, I started the burn and I'm using studio one for, uh, for the master. Right. Right. Um, I start the burn and the, 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 the time remaining just keeps cycling up. Yeah. It starts at 20 minutes for the burn and then it's, it's up to 25 and then it's up to 28 and then it hits 29 and then it hits 32 and, uh, and, it ended up it ended up taking about forty five minutes for right. the disc to go, which was clearly into into the other guy's time, and so I decide to experiment a little. Um, I set uh, I set the new project rate at the same as the burn or as the uh, as the Studio One sample rate, and I ran Studio One and Cubase simultaneously mm-hmm. just to see if if the computer would freak out or if one of the software would freak out and it managed fine. It was fine. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, another phone call. No, no. just a notification. Something stupid. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, that was the excitement of the last week. I don't honestly remember anything else that happened last week. I even have to go back to my calendar and look. What else happened last week? Yeah. Uh, this past week. week's just been like people offering to make me their go-to mix guy. Um, right. Yeah, we talked about that off the top. I should email people, see if they still want me to work on their CD. Mm. I've been waiting for like a month, maybe two months now. Cool. Know, I've kind of lost track. It's another just artists dragging their feet kind of thing, which whatever, I, I, I get it. Have yeah. you ever, have you ever looked into CRM software? I just don't want to pay a monthly subscription to that. There's some free ones out there. Mm. Um, HubSpot. I use, I don't use it religiously cause I'm lazy, but, um, Roland uses HubSpot and he uses the free version of HubSpot uh, to maintain or to manage all of his, um, all of his client communications. Okay. Does really well for him. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. Cool. Could be useful. Uh, and then aside from that, that's just been thinking of writing some music. Cause I am starting a band. That's right. Uh, so I need to start writing for that. Very cool. Or I have kind of have some thoughts and stuff for music, but <laughs> Nothing solid mm. at the moment. I'm going to probably go home today and try to write some ideas, not necessarily songs, just ideas. Sure. That's been my week pretty much. So I've been thinking of like what I want out of my studio and stuff. And yeah, you um, you said you had, uh, you had some interesting thoughts around around the studio Thing, something taking taking shape in your brain yeah i mean it's a slow process and i'm trying not to overthink it and like spend too much time on it to okay. the point where it stresses me out because i did have <laughs> like i'm pretty sure i don't know if i told you but like uh I th it was like four or five months ago i had like a panic attack out of nowhere no kidding yeah no i didn't you, you never mentioned it was like shortly after i bought i dropped like four grand on the like $15,000 worth of shit that I need to buy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, like, I was also like pretty much every spare moment I had was going towards like, Oh, what, how can I, what layout should I make this studio? <laughs> yeah. And so it's just like, I, I think I overworked myself in the thinking process of the studio that I, I gained a panic attack. So I try not to do that anymore. That's fair. Um, but I, I've been thinking more and more about it and what I want out of it. So what is what is it that you want out of it? I'd like for that studio to grow out of my house kind of thing. That's what I'm currently thinking of. So I'm not sure. And then I might do something with my house studio where it's just like I then convert the live room and the lounge or whatever to be like additional spaces in the house. Right. The control room will just be my home workspace. Right. And I'll probably swap parts out when that happens, but I would like to get to like a commercial space with that. Okay. 
space eventually. Like make the home space a conversion, like like it actually becomes mm. a commercial space or you mean to move to a commercial space? To move to a commercial space. Because mm. I, I think getting licensing for that space to become a commercial space would just be too big of a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. So it almost, it almost makes it sound like if you start with just the control room, don't invest any more money into anything else that you don't absolutely need might be the best way to go. Yeah. But I want the, like a thing is, is I'm, I'm looking into possible passive income streams with this studio. And one of my ideas is to do, um, drum samples and I know some computer science people I might check with them to see what I would take to build my own plugins oh no kidding yeah cool so I might build my own like superior drummer type of thing yeah but my I'm not going to talk about it on air in detail but I'm going to be like making my superior drummer but I'm going to add features that I want out of Superior Drummer. Right. That makes sense. And then I was also thinking of like, I hire drummers. So I, I just, I need the space to record a drummer. Right. And so I will have to have that live room still. Yeah. But you don't need to spend much money on the live room. I'm, I'm like, that's what I'm majority of the money I'm spending on the physical space itself is to just make it look nice and professional and have it so that when people come in, they see the space, they want to be there. Right. And then they're going to tell uh, their friends and stuff in the community who are then going to want to, like, that. Yeah. that's majority of the money I'm spending on right. the, is, like, just the aesthetics and making that space that makes sense. Look attractive. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, like, on in terms of, like, the practical stuff, I'm... I'm spending like minimum really sure to begin with. And then, uh, for the first four years anyway, uh, I want to pump every dollar that I make back into the studio. Yeah. That could be buying more microphones or I'm going to eventually have a house kit for that space. Yeah. Which I think is going to cost me two to three grand. Why? Cause I'm just going to get a really nice kit. <laughs> like um, I want it so that the a drummer who has a shitty kit comes, they see that I have a really nice kit and then realizes, Oh, I shouldn't bring my kit. Cause it's a piece of shit. Let's comparison. just, let's just use the studio's kit. Yeah. 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 But, but why, why that much money? Is that just what it's going to take to get something that's nicer? Well, I'm, I'm taking an account of like hardware and symbols yeah, and, and those are like the expensive things. That's fair. And I, and I guess having worked at Long McQuaid, I've, I've, I've kind of see the value in having nicer hardware. Yeah. Like there's an actual legitimate reason to want like a double brace stand. (laughs) Yeah. Like you don't want a flimsy stand that just feels like shit. You, you kind of want a stand that you feel like is a piece of concrete just there holding stuff. Yeah. I I love the stands we got downstairs. The only thing that, the only thing about them is we need to weigh, the, weigh them down often. Yeah. Which is not a big deal. 
No. And then, like, you know, higher quality shells. But, like, mm-hmm. the shells themselves, I think, would be $1,000 of that $2,000. That's fair. The majority of the money is going into probably symbols. Because symbols, yeah. symbols is, like, $300 for a single symbol. Do you want your, your snare drum back? I might eventually. Eventually. For now, you're getting use out of it every now and again. Once that's a year, more, maybe. That's it's more still... than you'd, you'd use it at home, yeah. 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 All it would do at home is collect dust. Hmm. Which I guess it's doing here too, but I uh, know we have it. We have it on a shelf um, where it's under things, so it's not collecting dust. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's there and it's getting hit every now and again. So <laughs> I um, I had this weird idea. Um, I, how long ago was that? Maybe a month ago. It was one of those. I'm only now remembering it because we're talking about the snare drum. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had this idea. I was looking for making new and interesting reverbs or that kind of thing yeah and i wanted to try i wanted to try um the uh speaker like touching almost touching the uh the snare drum head and then miking the other side of it hmm. but the snares the snares always get in the way because i don't want that that shh thing yeah. right so i was thinking i was thinking of trying it with the toms okay because they're more they're more in that align with that. Yeah. yeah. One of these days I'll try that. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Um, I'm hijacking the conversation. Were you done yet? Don't uh, like, d- don't, don't rush being done. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely intrigued about the, about your studio. I find it fascinating. Well, I mean, these are just kind of ideas that I have revolving around the studio. It's just like, I'm going to probably spend upfront time. Like I'll pay a drummer to come in a day record some samples, maybe even some some beats so that I can sell like the the loop libraries and fills and stuff. Right. Yeah. Um Yeah, that that's um that's a uh that's one of the most amazing things about the the drum software that I have is that it comes with all of those actually performed by drummer loops. Right? Yeah. They're well, not... I mean, Superior Drummer has that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure I, most. Of them I do. just want to make a piece of software that's like Superior Drummer, but actually has. Yeah. And I haven't tried Superior Drummer three. Two is good enough for me at the moment. Yeah. I might upgrade to three just because they do give you a, a pretty cheap upgrade, upgrade price. price. Sure. Um, but I, I want to take that and make something else, something that's a little bit more, I guess, modular yeah. in a sense. Right. Uh, like I said, I, I don't want to go into detail because yep. I don't want someone to get the same idea as I do. And, that is and I, I legitimately see like an active way I can do about that and get things going in the next like two, three years. Awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll have a, like a, like the grand release on the podcast here. No, maybe. Uh-huh. Chances <laughs> are, like, when I'm developing this software, I'm going to be giving it out to local people or people I know who use this kind of thing. To try it out. To try it out, yeah. Yeah, give you and feedback to give and me stuff. presets and stuff to, oh, yeah. to help market the, the software. Hell, I might even reach out to professionals. Why, why not, right? Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm excited. News, studios, software. We'll Ideas, see you guys yeah. next time. Follow our hosts on Twitter 
at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.